What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Awake and Sober Podcast, a podcast about life and recovery through Christ. Today, we will be discussing on this awesome show, effective communication. Effective communication and recovery through listening, not word vomiting, and listening to respond, not react. How's everybody's soul doing tonight? My soul is well. That was I great. Didn't, I didn't know who was going to jump in, myself <laughs> or James. And, and I can tell you, look, over the past couple of weeks, it's been a little bit of a struggle. But mm-hmm. as of tonight, as of today or really yesterday, my soul is a lot better. So yeah, it's pretty fantastic. nice. Yeah. Amen to that. Do what? Amen to that. Yeah, without a doubt. James, sir. how is it with your soul, sir? You know, it's, it's pretty dark sometimes. Uh, right now I'm going through kind of a thing. Stuck in my head, worrying about this and that, and trying not to worry, but just fretting over things, right? And, uh, you know, we had a little kerfuffle yesterday, and I feel a lot better today. And I have some some goals to just, just kind of put me back on track. What yeah. about you, Jeremy? How's your, your, your soul today? My soul is torn. And I say that because my wife is struggling big time right now mm. and i'm i'm taking that on i'm trying to be the trying to be the man trying to be the rock trying to be the foundation and Are you trying to fix trying to fix i'm not I, i'm 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 not trying to do that uh, we had a really good message at church today it hit her pretty hard and she's just she's struggling with a lot so it hurts me yeah i see that yeah, yeah we don't want to see them struggle no no because when mama ain't happy Ain't nobody happy. Yeah, but you know as well as I do, that's not what it's about. It's just we love that well these days that, that we don't true. we don't want to see anything bad for our wives. I don't. Correct. And and we'll get to that maybe hopefully maybe sometime down the down the road. But that's part of being a man. Mm. Amen. Being the protector of your wife, being the protector of the family, yep. not ruling the family, but being the protector of loving and serving them well. So it's crazy know. how recovery is. Yeah. Made me love my wife even more, you yeah. know? <laughs> well, I think I'm not thinking about myself. You yeah. more. Yes. Yeah. And that's the whole key, where you actually finally love yourself. This is true. So This is true. Yeah. We're missing somebody tonight, though. Are we? Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, he's yeah. not here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eric, we love you. We miss you. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> Sorry, Derek. Derek is at home sick. I know yesterday we were supposed to have a meeting at his house and Christina wasn't feeling well. He wasn't feeling well. So we just pushed it off for until tonight. Um, and we talked to him just a little bit ago and said, hey, why don't you just come over for the episode real quick? And he's like, uh-uh. Yeah, he I'm sounded sick. terrible. Is he man sick or is he sick sick? He's sick sick. Okay. He he, he gets the, the sinus goo that people uh, get around here, you know. Yeah. And it likes to hang around with him for a while, too. It's not like it's a short... Well, and I thought the pollen season was done, but oh, I, no. I walked into my garage and just I just happened to look up and there's like a ray of sunshine coming through and I'm like, what is that crap? And it was just, the air is just full of pollen. <laughs> oh. We don't have any rain either, so that doesn't help matters at all. Right, so right. Derek, we love you. We miss you. Yes, we do. Um, we will see you next week for yeah, sure. But it'll be at work tomorrow. That's all I know. <laughs> Well, he's got to work in both places tomorrow. Oh, he's got a long day. Yeah, so he's he's got a rough day coming. Um, he'll he'll soldier on through though. Yeah, he'll do good. I was gonna go out there to Kirkwood to help tomorrow and a couple other days this week, but I don't know. I got BBS tomorrow. Oh, at the church I'm I'm leaving, and I just <laughs> want to go out there and at least pray for them and and welcome kids in and send awesome. them off. So that's cool. Great. I think it'll be neat. Yeah. So today, effective communication, I guess I would like to open up with a question is what weight does effective communication hold in the early stages of recovery? What weight? Yeah. What? Wow, that's, that's tough. Because think about it, in the early stages of recovery, we don't know how to communicate. I mean, even in the late stages of recovery, so, you know, it, it's ebbs and t- flows, it's mm-hmm. Ebbs and toes. Yeah, <laughs> he almost he almost said it. It's ebbs and toes. <laughs> almost, but yeah, in the beginning stages, what are you? You got nothing. Mm-hmm. 
and part of the reason why we get into the debacle that we're in is because of poor communication, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I know from personal experience, some of the stupidest things I've done is because I was never an effective communicator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a, a couple tons. That's the weight. A couple tons. <laughs> Maybe 20,000? Yeah, I mean, let's put it this way. We would not be able to go over Blanchett Bridge. For those of you that aren't from Missouri or St. Charles County, you might not know what Blanchett Bridge. We couldn't go over the Golden Gate Bridge. It would collapse. There you go. That's how heavy, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of the biggest pieces in anything. Recovery, life, at our jobs, at home, anywhere. Effective communication has just way too much weight. Didn't know that that kind of a question was coming. I'm, I'm trying to like wrap my head around. <laughs> we started early, didn't we? <laughs> trying to wrap my head around the gravity of that question. Got that RPG just right to the forehead. I'm like, it holds everything. Yeah. It, I mean, just everything revolves around communication. So I guess we should probably define what communication is. We might want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. James, what do you got? Communication is the imparting or exchanging of information or news by means of sending or receiving information. That would be, what, Webster's version, basically? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I like it, though. Yeah. But human communication... Totally different. Totally different. Totally, totally different. You know, we, we've got all different aspects of it, right? We've got verbal communication, or or some might say oral communication, because verbal communication could be any form. You, uh, in college, they, I, in journalism classes, they talked about well, you can say verbal, but that just means everything. That's all encompassing. What you want to do is you want to talk about oral or written, right? Because so that defines it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But then also, as human beings, our communication could be our facial features, our body language. Am I, am I being closed off or am I being open? Mm -hmm. You had a closed off and open body language. Fun thing about counseling, right? Yeah. I, I, their body says a lot more than their voice ever could in the first couple weeks of being in a, in a treatment center. Mm -hmm. I mean, their, their body language says it all. Right. Everybody walking around with their arms crossed, um, trying to, to sit back or cover their face, mm -hmm. you know, so that way you can't see them. And yeah, it's, it's amazing when they start opening up. I, I like seeing, instead of people leaning forward to being aggressive or leaning back and crossing arms and looking wherever besides at you. Mm -hmm. So, right. Yeah. One thing I started doing to, to help build that rapport a little bit better is uh, on the, the second meeting. So after that first initial meeting, that second meeting, I don't sit behind the desk anymore because I used to do, you know, I'd, be time. I'd be typing and everything, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and then there's that, that divide there. So now I'm literally in a chair right next to him. That's awesome. And it's legs crossed, open up, relaxed. Yeah. And they do the same thing. So I was very happy when I got rid of my desk at the church. Mm. I, I mean, I was, I was extremely happy. And the one time I had it against the wall anyway, so anybody that came in and sat down, I'd have to turn around. And then I'd just sit in that chair, but it was much better when the desk went away and there was nothing but love seat, chair, couch, whatever in there. And we could just sit there and talk. It was pretty comfy too. It, well, it tears okay. down walls. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that office. I, I was like, what office are you talking about? But yes, <laughs> I know what office you're talking about. Sorry. <laughs> I would say it's the one I had for seven and a half years, but I moved multiple offices while I was there. But it is the one that I paid, tried painting the color that I wanted. You know, I wanted a deep purple accent wall plus a, a, a lighter shade of purple, but still a pretty good shade of purple. And they didn't want me to have it. Mm. Yeah. I was kind of bitter. I'm like, I didn't go pink because I would have rocked pink. So what else do we have? Because that's good communication. I was still wrapped around the pink because I'm like, <laughs> red, red is never good because that, you know, that helps reinforce the anger and, and the, but I had a but cake pink for them. Be... So when they were that angry, part of my communication would be to get up and put the cape on them so they could be super, super mad. mad. Right. Yeah. Well, I like that. Yeah. It was yeah. great. 
<laughs> and it's a little bitty cape. So, it, I mean, it's... So you put it's a, the ego a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Great way to break communication. Right. So that's not effective communication. Correct. Not Correct. Um, I was talking to my guys about this the other day. Uh, my guys in my transitional house. And we were talking about who's a good communicator, who's not a good communicator. And it was funny because they all kind of ranked themselves pretty high. And then I gave them this, this little survey to take, this little assessment. And then they... How bad was it? It was bad. (laughs) It was bad. Uh, But the question came up is active listening. So what is active listening? There's a lot to it, but let's keep it short and simple. Active listening is stating back to that person that you're communicating with what you actually heard them say. Not repeating back what they said, repeating back what you heard them say. Because if you repeat what they said, then you're just being a jerk. Yeah. I, kind of. There, there's, there's a time for that. And, and Jeremy might talk about that, something that you started not long ago. The mirroring? The mirroring. Yeah. Right? And, and so that's a little different. But when I'm having a, a conversation with my wife, and, and if I just repeat back what she said, there's a good chance that, when we talked about it last week, I might miss a toe because she'll think I'm being mean. <laughs> And, and I'm and I'm not, but that's I don't hear what she says anyway because I'm trying to figure out what is what are they trying to communicate to me. Mm-hmm. Well, if I only repeat back what they heard, I, I I'm not really trying to hear what they're saying, and the purpose is for me to hear what they're saying and understand what they're saying. So not to jump ahead, but if you're thinking about what you're going to say while they're talking, then you're really not actively listening right because you're thinking about your response and how you're going to respond to what they're saying and how you got to get your point across not that i know this from personal experience (laughs) yeah i mean they're not even done with their sentence yet you already have yours coming out right yeah it's i've never done that (laughs) none of us don't worry (laughs) none of us especially at this table i mean wow that's that's crap right um but yeah it's (laughs) It's repeating or stating back to them what I actually heard them say. Mm-hmm. Which may not be what they're trying to say. Most of the time, if it's, if it's with somebody that we don't know well, there's a good chance that we didn't hear what they meant to say. So it's either we didn't listen well or they didn't speak it well. And both those things are important. Yes. You know, um, when I know I have to have a tough conversation with, with my wife, I like to sit back because I know how she'll take things if I say it. And, and that's not bad or good. I'm not meaning that either way. But I have one of the things I'll tell her is give me just a minute. Let me, let me figure out how to say this mm. and say this right. right. Because I want to make sure you hear it the way I meant to say it. And that and not right, the way that she's going to take it and blow it out of proportion. Or, or the way that or, I might have, a, the way I might end up saying it. Right. Yeah, because yeah. if there's an emotion in there, mm-hmm. it's probably going to come out wrong. Right. Not the way I intend. So, hey, you know what? Let me let me take a step back. Let me truly think about how to present this to you, mm-hmm. so that way you can receive it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's good. And how has that affected your relationship with your wife? Yeah, we don't <laughs> we don't fight that often because. There's a certain time to bring conversations to each other. Yeah. One, it's not when tempers are ever high. Mm-hmm. You don't bring in a new problem, you know, a, a, new, a new problem to a new situation. And if I take a step back and, and really want to communicate, then I'm going to ask certain questions. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me this for me to fix it? Or are you telling me this because you want me to listen? I love that question. Yes. I use that all the time. It, Especially when I'm talking to other people. One of my sponsees, he's... He's going through some stuff and and he's really he's very empathetic towards his wife and how she's reacting to him. Do you like how I worked that big I, word? I, I do. That I was do. good. And the one thing I, I keep saying to him, but what you have to know is are does she want you to, to do something or is she just venting? And that's that's like the best question any man could ever ask his significant other. Yeah, because the bad thing is we're fixers. Right. I mean, I can't fix anything in the house, but I can fix you. Yeah, that's very true. Don't. Well, and that goes back to what I said when you asked about how my soul's doing. You know, it's like I want to fix my wife's problem. Right. I can't. 
you know? And so it's like, oh. Right. Our job is to love. Holy, wow. Holy Spirit's job to convict, our job to love, and it's our job to love our wives and sometimes just let them vent or... And listen, right. And let them feel. Yeah. Mm. Even though it hurts us for them to feel pain, sometimes pain is what we need. Mm-hmm. Well, it's in the pain that we grow, correct? Mm. Yeah. Spoken like a true man in recovery. <laughs> So we brought up, are we, are we listening to understand or listening to react? And is a reaction always an emotional response? Well, I think you gave it away. Yeah, so I, a reaction is negative. And being negative, it's tied to emotions when, when it's a reaction. Right. Story of my life. <laughs> just from beginning to now. Just, but yeah. isn't, isn't it for most of us, unless we practice these skills... So unless yes. we practice all the time saying, hey, hon, if I heard you, this is what I heard you say. Mm-hmm. Hey, hon, are you telling me this to fix it? Or are you telling me this because you need to vent? Right. And, and so unless we're going to practice these things, we're going to fail at them miserably. But when we talk about them, we'll remember them for the next 24 to 48 hours. There, there's a good chance. But unless we put them into practice, nothing's going to happen. That's why these things are important. That's why these things are important to talk about because we could take these things and we could actually put them into practice and do something to change lives. Yep. Mm-hmm. Our own. Mm-hmm. Yep. So true. Proverbs, Proverbs 15, 28, a good man thinks before he speaks, the evil man pours out his evil words without a thought. So true. So true. But then I, I like, uh, cause you, you wrote this stuff in here, right? Three questions that you can ask yourself. I got this from an Al-Anon, by the way. For, oh, from Al-Anon. Oh, yeah. Great. Good. Yeah. So, so yeah, right bring before it in you here. go to that, I like, there's another trend, uh, translation that says, a wise man speaks, uh, thinks before he speaks for what he says is then more persuasive. Ooh. And so I like both those because I, yeah. I like that, the one that you just read there. And mm-hmm. the one that always has stuck to my mind, it, it was in one of our teachings in Celebrate Recovery. Um, a wise man thinks before he speaks for them. What he says is more persuasive. Mm-hmm. It shows them that I'm listening. It's part of that active listening, right? It yep. shows them that I care. It validates their feelings and mm-hmm. validates them. Mm-hmm. It, it hits all those good communication styles. Yes. So mm-hmm. now go, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> that's I didn't want to interrupt, but no, that's great. That's great. Yeah. I, I didn't, I'm glad that you brought that up because I wouldn't have not wanted to hear that, hear that. Her, her. Is Nelly in the house? <laughs> <laughs> so the three questions, right? Does it need to be said? Mm. Does it need to be said right now? And does it need to be said right now by me? Mm. So for those of you listening or watching, it don't matter. This was actually written to myself and James yesterday. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. Um. And James alluded to it at the beginning. We, there was a little tiff this week um, just on some things. And, and I think that's what happens when we're in negative headspaces and we don't speak. Yes. We don't communicate what is truly going on in our soul. We don't communicate with those around us. Mm-hmm. And um, tempers could go up. Feelings could get hurt. People get butt hurt. Um, and we didn't have a butt hurt report. But <laughs> Jeremy did send out a text that says, hey, look, man, I love you guys. I, I love everybody. I love what we do. And this is questions that I ask of the family. And he sent them to me and James. Um, and it was beautiful. I mean, Jeremy did a very good job at playing referee. Yeah. Not trying to fix it, but just right. trying to communicate. Yeah. To keep the lines of communication open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you did a really good job. So I love those questions. Yeah. Repeat yeah. them. They're that good. Number one, does it need to be said? Most of the time, no. Number two, does it need to be said right now? Hell no. And number three, does it need to be said by me? Right now by me. Right now by (laughs) me. Yes, thank you. So are we bringing in triangulation into communication? (laughs) Hey, hon, will you send this to this person for me? (laughs) Oh, And I know that's not what he means. Yeah, no, no, but that's true too. Yeah. Does this need to be said right now by me? No, not by me, but hey, hon, can you send this text for me? (laughs) Those yeah. of you listening, please do not do don't that. Do, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so, I, I always forget about triangulation. Oh, geez. Well, then that, I mean, that brings up, you know, we have to, goes back to the Proverbs. 
think before we talk. Yeah. Because it gives us that pause because we always want to real quick. Knee jerk. Like, yeah. yeah. Knee jerk reactions. Yep. Yep. And you know, that's what I felt, you know, bringing up what you guys were just discussing about yesterday. I felt a lot of that was knee jerk, you know? Yep. And, and I, I text Shane on the side too. And I was like, man, I, I don't want this to go mm-hmm. the way it's going, you know? Right. And I'm glad, you know what? And we communicated very well before all this started tonight, you know, there we've, was open we've been here for a couple hours. Our <laughs> we we, we yeah. just started this podcast. Yes, but we've been here for a while. So, and uh, yeah, it's been pretty nice. It has been, it's been very nice. I mean, me and James have been buddies for a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should know even when, when what happens happens, I pain or fear. Let's go back to communication. Mm. Two things drive negative emotions, pain or fear. Now it could be either, or it could be a combination of both, Mm. but pain or fear drive all those negative emotions in us. And so I could set aside my pride and say, what's the pain? What's the fear that's driving this? Or I could let my pride rule, which I did. And then I could react back Mm -hmm. with that negative emotion. Mm -hmm. It is hard to set your, your pride aside and say, what's the pain, what's the fear of my brother, what's my pain and my fear of my sister or my wife, whoever it is, can we set our, our pride aside and communicate with them and truly ask them, what's going on? How is it with your soul? Yeah. What's the pain, what's the fear that's driving this? But no, we, we say I'm justified in this. The world tells me that I can, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Be angry. Yeah, if you yeah. got any teeth. Be revengeful. <laughs> eye for an eye of tooth for tooth. Oh, I could say that because I got a row of fakies. Mm. And I, I mean, we don't usually talk about topics. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Personal? No, no, no. Oh. Uh, current topics. Okay. But I just saw a headline where Michigan is following Canada's trail here. And they've made a law that says, basically, if I hurt your feelings, then I can be criminally prosecuted. What? Something along those lines. Yeah, look it up, people. Just look it up and be mad about it. And talk to your senators and representatives. I think there's so, got to be a sound button for that. Like, wah, wah. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, do I have it? Do I have it? Oh, I got the volume down. Okay. Yeah, that's... It's late, but it's, it's still needed. Yeah, yeah. That's horrible communication. So where were we where are you going next? Right. Um, word vomiting. Ooh, let's let's talk about word vomiting. <laughs> there you go. And Shane's taking a drink. <laughs> a, we almost got him too. I well, love that word too. The words that come out of your mouth without any thought, often when you are drunk, embarrassed, angry, or given criticism in a social environment. Word vomit. Now, was that the definition? That was the the definition. It's a noun. So, um, (laughs) I should know that they have a definition. Yes, they would. Yeah, I mean, come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, I, I knew, I remember when I was new to recovery, the first time I tried to get sober, I wanted to go and just tell everybody everything. You know, I wanted to run home and apologize to my wife and I wanted to go do all this. And, and I hadn't even started doing any of this stuff. I had no guidance, right? That's me. That's me in, in a treatment center. You know, they made us do steps one, two, and three before we got out or whatever, but it was just real quick. And then I wanted to be like, I got to go make this right with them. I got to go make, and I found out that word vomiting, all of your trash is not a good thing. Celebrate recovery, we usually call it dumping. Yeah. Yep. So, dumping. yeah, same yeah. thing. Dumping. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have guys in my house, and he's like, uh, somebody just came up. He's been there for, for about three weeks, and he's like, man, I got to go home this weekend, and I got to tell my fiance this, this, and this. And I said, no. Don't tell her. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> that is not what you should be doing. Because he wanted to go home, and he started telling me everything he was going to say. I'm like, I- I'm overwhelmed by that, and I don't even love you. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I love him. That was not a very nice thing. I know, I know, I know. I didn't say that. But I mean, I was thinking, I'm like, I mean, 
I mean, come on. I'm not one of the ones that you hurt before. Yeah. I'm not one of your loved ones, but I love you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love everybody. Lies, lies. You just said you didn't. <laughs> Damn lies. <laughs> lies, I tell you. We take this out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, no. We're leaving that in there. As a matter of fact, that'll become a, a short. Of course it will. Be of short. course yeah. it will. Yes. You're welcome. But, uh, I mean, did anybody have that same experience of dumping or wanting to word vomit when you got clean? Yeah, because I'm different. I'm going to stay clean. Oh, are you? The time. Yeah. Hmm. You know. Yeah, tell and, us more and, about that. And so... <laughs> And then we get mad when they don't want to hear it or they don't believe it yet. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I can't say I don't know why we, we do it, but, I mean, so many people don't stay on the path. Mm-hmm. And so many times we failed our family and said that we were going to do it, and we've done the same thing almost every time. And then we go back to doing the same old, same old. Right. So, yeah, it's, um, I've seen a breakup relationships, the word vomit. Mm. Oh, sure, because you never know what's going to come out. Yeah. All your dirty laundry is going to dump out of there eventually. Mm-hmm. That's what I've seen, breakup relationships. Right. And this goes back to the importance of, of a program and having a sponsor or a mentor to walk you through how to do this. Yes. Because when you get to that fourth and fifth step, you know, which we were going to elaborate on here in the future, but... So stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. Yeah, a little plug. Um, but I forgot what I was going to say. What was I talking about? What were we talking about? You started making hand gestures, and I'm like, what are you doing over there? So you're talking about Girl. dumping the four-step. That's the importance <laughs> of a sponsor. Yes, the importance of a sponsor, yes. Because you need somebody to tell me. I needed somebody to tell me, you, you don't need to tell your wife that. I'm like, I don't? No, no, you don't need to. Tell At least them. right now. Yeah, or now. Exactly. Maybe later, but right now, you got to remember, you're trying to go from fourth to ninth right. without doing the sixth and seventh. Right. You know, I mean, you forgot the fifth too, but <laughs> you're trying to go from the fourth to the ninth. Ten, and you have ten, steps ten, in between. Right. And the two big ones that are in between, six and seven, character defects. Mm-hmm. The problem is your character defect is in the way, and that's why you're wanting to go dump your crap on them. Mm-hmm. So your conscience feels better. Mm-hmm. It's not very good communication. And yeah. what's that going to do to the other person? Yeah, hurt them. You, yeah, yeah. Oh, then, hurt them, but they they'll have all that crap dumped on them and not know what to do with it if they're not in the right place. But it, it hurts them. And the ninth step tells us made such amends whenever possible, except when to do so with what injure them or others. Yeah, hurt. Yeah. Injured, so we hurt. Yeah. we haven't worked on our character defects, which means we're not doing it properly, making it about us and not about them. So now we're hurting them. Yep. Bad communication. Mm. So yeah, a mentor, a sponsor, a good therapist. Yes, therapist, counselor. Yeah, and and working a really good recovery program. Actually working the program. Yeah, and I, and I would say this is when active listening or even ourselves asking, what did you hear me say? Mm. When we talk to our sponsees. No, you don't want to do this. This is why you don't want to do it. Not Not give them... Because I said so, give them the, the why behind it and then tell them, you know, ask them, what did you hear me say? Hmm. Because so many times we miss that. They're looking at us going, no, I'm doing it my way. I'm doing it my way. So they really didn't hear much of what we said because they're thinking about what they're going to say to them. Let's go back to Proverbs. <laughs> right. They haven't listened to a single thing. They, they heard Charlie, Charlie Brown's teacher wah, as we're wah, trying to wah, tell wah. them why. <laughs> Not to go and dump. Oh. And then they go and do it. So go and dump. Go. Yeah. They go and dump. Okay. Yes. Go dump. All right. So like like it says in James one nineteen, this is one of my one of my life verses. <laughs> know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Ooh. I got an issue with that last one. Do you? Yeah. Well, we should probably do a show on that. We should up probably soon. do a show on, on, on anger. Yeah. I think. Hmm. It sounds like it might be a fun topic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any people that ever get angry. Really? Yeah. I don't ever see people get angry. Yeah. Really? Yeah, never. Tell me more about the, the utopia I mean, that you live inside of your head. <laughs> de-plane, de-plane. <laughs> de-plane. <laughs> 
You got to get them going down the, the rabbit hole of feelings and emotions and what the true feeling is and what you're feeling and what. <laughs> oh, I don't. I, I've got feeling wheels show. in my bag here if we want to bring those out. I got some. You got some too. Yeah. I always carry a feeling wheel with me. <laughs> Tell me how you feel. And what does that say about shame? I like to communicate effectively. Yes. And that feeling wheel, though, is a good form of communication. How many people do you know at the beginning of recovery or even this far in recovery? Unless they're truly working with people that's trying to teach them how to effectively communicate, how many people can communicate to you how they feel? In the treatment setting, hardly none. Even in even in the real world setting, yeah. hardly yeah. none. Because if they don't have that set of tools to be able to convey how they are truly feeling, and they're not in tune enough to their own feelings to know how they're truly feeling or if they're in denial then yeah that what do most people give you like if 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 you're sitting there with a person how do you feel how do you feel about this person i'm fine they're fine they're okay or i think that they give us a lot of thoughts Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah i feel that you shouldn't have did that no you think they shouldn't have did that tell me how it made you feel when that happened Mm. Right. And mm-hmm. that's how we got to teach people to communicate. That's why that feeling wheel, we'll link a feeling wheel in the description. Because mm-hmm. um, there's some really, good really call. good ones out there. Yeah. Um, and, and so if you don't have a feeling wheel, please get one and use one. Mm-hmm. I know it's awkward. Hang on, let me tell you how I feel. And you're going around this circle. <laughs> right. But there's really nothing greater. <laughs> because there's something, if you go further off from the basic emotions in the middle, there's something that is going to tell that person how you really feel. And they're going to hear that word. They're going to be like, ooh. I'm sorry, I didn't mean mm-hmm. I didn't mean for that to happen. Right. Not only is that building that individual's vocabulary, but it's also helping them understand more about themselves. True. But what else is it doing? What does it do into that relationship? It's building strength in that relationship. Strengthening, yeah. 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 I mean how has yours and Amy's relationship grown since speaking more, feeling, speaking, listening to her, to actually hear her, not listening to react? <laughs> I can't even put that into words. I, I mean, you know, I mean, seriously, I, the bond between us has, 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 has grown immensely. Yeah. And it's because of that. Yeah. And even, I, I mean, other things that used to, bother us or get in the middle of our relationship, I would say, they're not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And if they are, like we we both recognize it, if that's making, am I making sense? We both recognize it and are able to like, okay, well, this is what we need to do now, you know, to get back to one another. Yeah. When did you get out of treatment? Almost two years ago. Well, I mean, I was there for a while, but I went in almost two years ago. That's what I'm saying. But when did you leave the brick house? Uh, over a year and a half ago. And I could tell you, when you came to my office for the first time, mm-hmm. you guys sucked at communication. Absolutely. Might as well just call it what it is. Oh, and it was so hot in there. I remember that. It was. It was, it was hot. It's because I'm beautiful. Oh, okay. That's exactly what it was. Must have had a heater going because, <laughs> or it, yeah, that office usually, I don't know. It, yeah. It didn't have good airflow all yes. the time. Yes. But, and I think it was hot because you were... Really not wanting to be there? I was on fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like when people get mad every once in a while mm. in the office. I like telling them, I'm going to make you mad sometime during this journey. It might be on purpose and it might be on accident. Who knows? Well, it made me mad because it was true. Yeah. Everything you were telling me was true. And I did not want to hear the gum <laughs> truth. Right. And, but that's what I needed to hear, too. And then it wasn't long before you and Amy were doing the same thing for other couples, Mm -hmm. teaching them how to communicate. Mm -hmm. It's such a joy to pass down. It is. I mean, I'm going to get off on a sidetrack here, but I I can't believe where my life is in almost two years. I I cannot believe I'm sitting in my basement, new friends, doing a podcast. Like, I would have never imagined that. About recovery. About recovery. Of all things. 
I mean, if I had my way, I wouldn't even be here, like physically be here on this earth anymore. Right. It's yeah. just crazy to me. You know? Mm-hmm. Thanks, God. God does amazing things. <laughs> Amen. Especially when we decide to be obedient and listen. Yeah. Part of communication listening, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, being obedient, too. Hey, hey. Sh- it's a word that I try to ignore a lot, but I, I fail at miserably. He always wins. Going back to the word vomiting, um, you know, when we want to get everything off of our chest or we want to dump, uh, it's important for us to be empathetic, which is hard for us to do mm-hmm. in early recovery because it's, it's, it's all about me. Can you define that? <laughs> Empathy? Um, off the top of your head? Not off the top of my head, but it's like being able to feel and understand where the other person is coming from. I don't have the actual. That's what I would say. To, and I and think James, you're, you're probably really right. The ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Yeah. Yeah. It's not sympathy, but empathy. Right. Right. Two totally, completely different things. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. And there's a time and a place for each. Yeah. There truly is. I think it's, it, it, we understand we leave a path of destruction in our wake in our, during our addictions. Mm-hmm. So being able to take ourselves out of our shoe, you know, out of our shoes and put it in, you know, into our loved one's shoe, you know, because they're going to be, they're probably going to be mad at us. They're probably going to be angry with us. And very much so. Yeah. And so we have to kind of bite our tongue and listen to what they have to say and see it from their point of view. How would it feel if I was in your shoes? Hmm. my feet would hurt right because you have bigger feet yeah yeah i yeah my feet would hurt (laughs) i would have never i mean with how big of a baby i can be how long would it have taken to forgive to forgive me Hmm. right how long i don't know because i can hold a grudge i'm i'm really good at it but it didn't take my family long to forgive me. I mean, they seen the changes starting to happen. They seen the changes before I could see the changes. And it was almost like forgiveness was right away. It was almost immediate. Yeah, there were some things that needed to be forgiven over time mm. and through that living amends. Right. But I mean, just too forgiving. I don't know if I could have forgiven me. That I mean, I didn't forgive me that quick. But I couldn't imagine if the things that I did in my family like were done to me, how, how long would I have taken? But your family is quite codependent as well. Do you think that had something to do with the quick forgiveness? Or do you think that maybe they just really did see the changes in you and decided, well, we... We tried to fix him, and look, we're fixing him, so everything's good now. <laughs> My mom is a professional codependent, <laughs> but she would list out things mm-hmm. of the changes she would see. Okay, I can see that. That's what helped me um, be able to see the changes, because otherwise in recovery, it's hard sometimes to see those changes. And, and so she would tell me, hey, this is what I'm seeing, this is what I'm seeing, this is what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I, I think maybe a little both. I mean, codependency is always going to play into it, but by her giving me that list, I know she was seeing changes. Right. So, so. it wasn't just a kind of blanket right. thing. It was more of a, I, I see this in you. You're doing this and you're doing this and you're doing this. And that's showing me that you're really serious about this. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. That was always what was neat. She gave me the, she gave me the, the examples. Mm. I like it though. I haven't heard that word in a little while from people. I see in you. I know it. it's more than a word, but it's just I see in you. Yep. Four letters. <laughs> right. <laughs> so A-W-D-W. Four letters. Yeah. <laughs> that I couldn't figure out earlier, but I was like, what? <laughs> it's okay. We're not, we're not all English majors here. So... <laughs> So what are the keys to communication and early recovery? <laughs> so what are the keys in, in early recovery? Pick up a phone. Mm. You know, the, the thing that weighs 10,000 pounds, unless we want to get a fix, then it's super light. But when we get into recovery, mm. 
it's hard for a man to pick up a phone to call another man for help. Mm. Yes, it is. And the key is to call before you do stupid. I, I always loved getting the phone calls afterwards. Yeah, I did this. Well, you should have called me before you did that. Yeah, I know. I thought about it. Well, thinking about it and doing it are two completely opposite things. But at least they're thinking about it. So we'll give them credit for that. So yeah. how do I pick up the phone in the bad times before it happens? You've got to know that you're in the bad times. Start picking up the phone in the good times and getting used to calling somebody and just sharing what's going on in my life. The good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew he was going somewhere with that, but I kind yeah. of... Uh, Repetition. Yes. Yeah. If you don't stop, if, if you stop doing the things that got you here, you'll go back to the things that brought you here. That's right. And I say that all the time too, and working in the treatment center, is if, if they're not going to start doing the things that they need to do while in treatment, setting up those aftercare appointments, calling their families, kind of starting setting those boundaries, developing a relapse prevention plan, you know, getting a therapist, getting a psychiatrist. If they're not going to do that while they're there, they ain't going to do it when they get out of those gates. That's right. <laughs> no, there's no way. I mean, as soon as they go home, if, if those things aren't in play, as soon as they go home, they're going to play. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's a shirt for you right there. I kind of like the other one better. If you quit doing the things that got you here, you'll go back to doing the things that brought you here. That needs to really be it. I mean, it's a lot for a shirt, but. That is a lot, yeah. You can like shrink up little words and then put the big words. Come as you are, but don't leave the same way you came. Yeah. I like all those little crafty things. Those are good ones, yeah. Some, Some crazy dude came up with them. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a great beard, though. I heard he's got a good beard. Yeah. Very crazy. Yeah. So where does patience play a role in it? Patience. In communication. Hey, guys, have a good night. I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> have you lost your patience already? Yeah. Patience. Mm. I like the drums. It's hard to be patient. Mm. It really is. How do you practice patience? Find the longest line at the grocery store and go stand in it. Ooh. <laughs> drive in a slow lane behind people. No. I'd say drive in the fast lane behind slow people. <laughs> or but drive get slow yourself. <laughs> drive during rush hour traffic more. If you don't have to, just go enjoy it. Those, so doing the things that would normally drive you nuts is what gives you practice for those things. Mm. I don't. I don't practice fly balls if I need to practice ground balls, right? So to practice those things, I have to practice what it is that I'm trying. For those of you not in the know, that is a baseball reference. (laughs) I mean, if I'm horrible at grounders and I say, hey, hit hit me pop flies, I know I need to practice that, but it makes no sense. The the things that would usually drive us nuts, we go and kind of do and look at it with a different attitude. That's interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. It's kind of the opposite of Paul, right? I What I do, I don't do, but what I want to do, I do. Yeah. Or what I want to do, I don't do. I don't do. The things that I don't want to do, I do do. I do do. I do do. do do. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> he was the... The major duty. Oh my gosh. So what are the keys to communication early recovery? Patience and avoid being defensive. No, hey, no. I'm not being defensive. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Do you like yeah, that? that's good. good. That's good. <clears throat> that's another that's another hard one. Patience, not getting on the defensive when someone's trying to talk to you. Well, I think that kind of goes hand in hand with patience. Yeah, most definitely. Because that's hard in early recovery. Oh, yeah. I don't even know my name yet. And you want me to practice patience? Mm-hmm. And the other? Yeah. Can't even say it. Can you do Just it? the other. I have a hard time with patience now. Right. So? Especially driving. Right. I mean, so I know how to practice it. I, would, I need to go do <laughs> those things that I just said, but I have no desire. Maybe you need to have desire. I don't want the desire. You don't want the desire. I don't want the desire to drive slow. 
Yeah, I, I don't either. No. I don't think I ever will. No. You know, but it's going to teach us to truly be a better communicator, all those things. Patience yeah. is hard. And, and so how do we become patient? I guess if in early recovery, if learning to communicate takes patience, the question is patience in what? Yeah. You're talking about being honest and open? I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it was, it's just a question because communication and having patience in early recovery maybe don't get ahead of myself. Oh, like, like trying to do step nine before oh, yeah, you've yeah, gone yeah, through yeah, step yeah, three? Yeah, yeah. Or don't four, do step Yeah, five. I mean, I, I was trying to figure out patience, early recovery, communication, but really it's trust the process, oh. enjoy the journey. Yes. You know, just because you're on one, you're not ready for 12. <laughs> you, gotta, you got 11 steps in between the two. And there's that, that old little prayer, uh, living one day at a time. Enjoying one moment at a time. Accepting hardship. As a pathway to peace. Yeah. yeah. Peace. That's, that's, a good little, that's a good little prayer. And I like that, the long version of the serenity prayer. It's, the short version is good. It, it could get us by in a pinch, but it's when we get into that other stuff that really dives into our communication. If I would have asked Shane when you start when you got sober, when you were you just went into recovery, what was the one thing that you really wanted? Did you want like did you want trust? Did you want love? Did you want I mean, we know you want to get sober, right? I want to be sober. I want to be sober. That's what everybody says. But I find that a lot of people say, well, I I you know, biggest character trait that I like or um, is, is trust. You know, I want people to trust me or I trust other people too much or. You probably don't want my answer. No, we want you. I do answer. want you. So that's why I, I did it to prove somebody wrong. I did it to prove people wrong. That's why I got in at the beginning. I knew if I didn't. So you did it to prove a point. Yeah. Kinda. Because I knew people doubted me. They're like, you can't. And I mean, if you listen to my testimony in the, in the suicide letter, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't. And so it became a competition for me of I'm going to prove everybody wrong. And that's why I got sober at first. But that didn't last long. And thank goodness, because I wouldn't be sober today. If, right. I, if it wouldn't have became about me to become a better person, because um, I didn't like who I saw in the mirror. Mm. And so I had to finally become a decent human being, a decent person, a better person, because otherwise I didn't want to see my reflection mm -hmm. and so I wanted to love me so I could love others thank you for sharing that anytime yeah that was beautiful but it it, it just didn't go with <laughs> what you were saying at the beginning because I got into it to prove people wrong <laughs> well what about you James I mean you don't struggle with addiction per se but I mean when you started to want to get your life healthy and, and have that strong relationship with Christ you know, what was that one thing you were yearning for? Which was still recovery. Right. Yeah, it's still recovery. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. That's a good question. I haven't, I haven't actually thought about it like that. Because my recovery journey started me backing into it, basically. Mm -hmm. Kind of like how I really do things in my life. <laughs> at my own pace, at my own will. Backing into it. I, I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't say it was a doorknob. <laughs> cornfield. Cornfield. Oh, geez. Uh, no. Uh, once I realized the power of recovery and working through the steps the second time, because the first time I was just kind of, yeah, okay, I'm doing this. Go through the motions. To, yeah, basically I did go through the motions. I realized that what it was giving me was a stronger relationship with Christ, a stronger relationship with the people around me, and a stronger relationship with myself. Because I, I finally came out of the denial and realized that I've been living my life the way I have, and what has it gotten me? Hmm. Uh, let's see. Divorce. A lot of negative emotions and feelings towards a lot of people and, and towards me for the things that I had 
the way that I reacted to most things in my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of missed opportunities with family members and stuff who had passed on. So it it was eye-opening. It really was. Hmm. How did you get your start in recovery? You mean at Celebrate Recovery? or Because, yeah. I mean, that's where... That's where you started. I mean, unless you did something beforehand, but... You want me to go into my testimony? Because basically... No, no, I, I, I... So it's what I wanted... It's a fun story. Yeah, I want people to hear, how'd you get involved in recovery? I wanted to play music. And so I got recruited by the, the worship leader, and yeah. Yes. He, he had a need, and I started playing in the band, and and we we weren't really even doing recovery things. Now, the... The first night, and this this is in my testimony, this is one of the things that really impacted my life going forward. The first night that our church had our Celebrate Recovery, I went to an open chair group that was led by one of my best friends now, which is kind of funny. And there was a guy there, and he's he's one of the few people that actually shared that night. Because I'm like, okay, I'm going to go here. I'm going to check it out. And what he shared... I don't remember anything other than he said that he had these issues and he really feels like it stems from a lack of love from his father. Mm. And that just like, I was dumbfounded. Yeah. Because it's not something that I'd ever really thought about. And what happened was as I gone, as I was going through my true recovery journey and realized that, that's probably the inception of a lot of my negative thoughts and behaviors. Parents got divorced when I was eight or nine. Never really felt love from my father. Never told once or twice that I can recall did he tell me that he was proud of me for doing something. And it was graduating college. Yeah, I love that story of how he got in. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I've never heard that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I back-ended. But the fun thing, though, was I I had, I had felt like I had a, a good relationship with Christ at that time. And like I said, we weren't doing recovery things. The worship leader kind of got this younger guy under his wing, and we were doing a Bible study because we didn't have the landing at the time, probably, because he was a teenager. And so we were just going through, I think it was the book of John, so every night while people were doing open chair, we were going through the book of John with this young man and pouring into him that way. And that, that's when it kind of hit me like, maybe there's something to this. That's great. You can find your way into recovery many different ways. And all that stems back to communication, though. Mm. I mean, if you think about it, going into an open share group and hearing somebody share something, that you have not been able to communicate your entire life. Mm. But he had to do something. Besides taking action to go in there, how many times have we been to meetings and we don't hear a dang thing they say? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How many times do we sit down with our wives and say, yes, tell me what's wrong, and we're thinking of being on the golf course (laughs) or being over here, and it's wah, 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 wah. Right. (laughs) <laughs> how well do we ever listen? Right. You were given a gift that day, weren't you? Oh, a great gift. And I'm still good friends with that gentleman to this day. And I tell him probably once a year, you know, if it wasn't for you saying that, I wouldn't be where I am. That's great. Mm-hmm. And he looks at me because like, I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, I don't remember, so he was saying it for you. Right. I mean, obviously he needed to say it, but I, God knew that you needed to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's what I love. Exactly. I love it. So go, go ahead. No, we're waiting Where on going? you. Yeah, I was just taking a breath. You're driving the boat here. I, am I? Yeah. No, uh, you don't want me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been on a boat with him, but I've been in a car with him. <laughs> I don't drive much different than you. Look, I'm not the one who moves feet. <laughs> this, is this is Let's, true. This is true. Yeah, it's a totally different. Yeah. yeah, Jeremy rode with me for the first. I mean, he 
he likes to be in control. He's a control freak. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. let me take his inventory. Mm-hmm. He is a control freak. And <laughs> so he rode with me the other day down to the hill. Uh-huh. And that was good. Like I, I, I seen him. No, there was just, uh, the, 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 everybody on the right side was stopped. And when we're in the fast lane, I'm like, man, they're stopping. And it was like one of those things where I just kind of tapped my foot. Like just, I was like, no, I was touching the clutch. I was, I was actually uh, in a second from the right lane and I was making my way back, back over, over. Yeah. Oh my God. And he sees him and I, I'm like, dude, I got this. Don't worry. I don't think I've ever done that driving with you. No. I've always, I'm always just super relaxed when he drives for some reason. I, I don't understand. I know, I know. And I, yeah, even a, a 15 driver. passenger van driving 95 down the highway. <laughs> airborne? But that one wasn't me. <laughs> right. That's... I was the passenger on the airborne part. <laughs> they have some really weird overpasses in Dallas. That's oh, all okay. I'm going to say. Yes. Okay. And underpasses. And connections. <laughs> so. So bringing this thing to, you know, to yeah. conclusion, what, what are the benefits of good communication or effective communication in early recovery? Building healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. Building trust. Mm. Building community. 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 Yeah. Community. That's the one right there. Accountability. Yeah. Anybody that we're willing to get honest with, yes. Mm. I mean... Community, what would we do without it? I mean, think about the community just right here, the four of us. There's a TIFF, and you're able to step into it and help that communication out. Mm-hmm. So without that community, without that accountability, what would happen? So what's the importance of it? There's nothing greater than relationships. Mm-hmm. Open, honest trustworthy relationships yeah yeah but you can't have that trust until you get open and honest correct (laughs) and you know how to communicate though Mm -hmm. right so you have to know how to listen Mm -hmm. two ears one mouth right Mm -hmm. so we have to know how to listen got to listen twice as much as we speak Mm -hmm. man i fail miserably me too and i got big ears so i mean i should be able to listen even more (laughs) you would think so yeah (laughs) them big dumbo ears Take the cotton out of your ears and shove it in your mouth. Old-timers headphones. Old-timers say that old-timers. Take the cotton out of your ears and shove it in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shut up. Yeah. For our listeners, what are some things that, that they could do um, to start working on effective communication, if effective listening, um, Learning how to really communicate. I think it's important to find out what kind of communicator you are. I mean, you can, we can probably put something up there on the website. You know, there, there's tons of things out there if you just Google it, you know, yeah. but find out what kind of communicator you are, mm-hmm. you know. And then I think it's also important. I wear my emotions. I wear my emotions. Right. So yeah. when I'm angry, everybody knows I'm angry. When I'm happy, everybody knows I'm happy. And that's a form of communication. So I have to be hyper aware of like if say something bad happens at home and I'm going into work, I have to leave home at home and then not take that with me to work. Right. And so it's like, okay, got to put that on. So, yeah. And I agree. We know what kind of communicator we are mm-hmm. um, and knowing how to communicate with people, I think, but what are some tools that, that they could start practicing now? I would say take a, a quiz, learn what kind of communicator you are. Yes. Um, there's some great tools out there to practice effective listening, mm. like yeah. demonstrations, role playing. And, and I know it sounds dumb, but one of the things that we do, we, Christine and I get to do a program together with married couples. And one of the things in there is effective listening. And there's, you tell the other person something that, that you desire, something that, that you wish for, okay? And, and you have to tell them how you would feel if, you got, if this thing were to happen. And, and so you're giving them something, and then they're giving back to you. So if I heard you correctly, this is what I heard, and this is you know, how it would make you feel. And those scenarios actually grow them so well. 
because you're, you're practicing when you're not angry. You're practicing when it's not the heat of the moment. And that to me is key. Practice, practice, practice. Practice all these skills. They'll never take a, a hold in your life if you don't practice them. But there's tools out there to help you practice with effective listening. As, as dumb as it might or as uncomfortable as it might make you, you will grow through that uncomfortability. The only way you are going to grow. Yeah, because role play is very effective, but like you just said it, I've always been uncomfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And by masking my uncomfortableness, I was like, oh, that's just stupid. Hey, well, that's, I'm not going to learn anything from that. No, whatever. But I know better. Mm -hmm. So you got to do it. Yes. So just do it. Just do it. Practice, practice, practice. Yep. Next time somebody comes up to you and they're yelling and screaming, sit back and set your pride aside. And in the heat of the moment, it might not be okay to ask them what's the pain, what's the fear, mm. but just listen. Yeah. Just listen. Yep. And, and know I need you. I would like to see you listen to them and just what's the pain, what's the fear that's driving this. Mm. Don't react. Do as, as Proverbs said. As hard as that might be. Yeah. Such a, but it's pride. Right. On our side, it's pride. It's ego. It's pride. Yeah. Like it said in Romans 14, 19, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Love it. Don't ask me to, <laughs> don't ask me to, don't ask me. No. Yeah, I would, I would love to, um, I would love to see what kind of communicators certain people are. I need to take it and see if I've changed. I think we should all take one and kind of yeah. report back on that. Maybe With next that, episode, just yeah. kind of say, hey, this is, this is what I found out about myself. Well, think about it. And, and James asked, should we all take the Enneagram just so that way we have it? And is what's funny at the church, we actually all took a disc profile. And on your cube or on your, your door to your office, it said what you were. Mm -hmm. Did it really? Yes. Yeah. Because then you know how to talk to them. You know what to expect from them as well. Yeah. So if I know what kind of communicator you are, I know actually how to communicate to you because I know what you need in order to receive it. And then you also know how to communicate to me, but that's going a little deep. If you just know what you are and you will practice some of these skills, mm -hmm. if we'll ask people, do you want me to fix it or do you want me to listen? Yeah. Perfect question. Mm -hmm. Be empathetic. Be empathetic. Be empath Whatever that means. Right. <laughs> so edification, the instruction or improvement of a person morally or intellectually. So what's something that they can take with them, truly do this week, uh, a challenge, if you will, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A call to a action. A call to action, a challenge. Do you have one, James? I, th I was just going to say, just doing one of those. Take the, the quiz. Take a quiz. quiz. Yeah. yeah, take a quiz. Wow. We'll put a couple of them on Words. the website. And I'd, I'd love to have people email not only what, what the results were with that quiz, sure. um, info at awakensober.org, email that. But we're going to do a podcast coming up to where we want to take all of your questions and answer them. Yeah. Just sit there, read them on air, and answer these questions. And um, so I would love to have you email us some of your questions. I mean, what kind of questions do you have about recovery? Maybe what kind of questions do you have about us? But we'll answer any of your questions. We'll get brutally honest. We'll do an ask. AMA. Ask me anything. Oh, oh. I was like, what? Against medical advice. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I was thinking. Who's leaving? <laughs> Against medical advice. Don't leave. Don't, Don't go leave. anywhere. You oh. have much more to learn, please. <laughs> <laughs> that's sad. Yeah, I know. I know. We were on the same page. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, take a test. And, and you know, t talk about this. You know, ask somebody else how, how they communicate. You know, somebody who's, you know, if you're in recovery, ask somebody else who's been in recovery a while. Hey, you know, what do you do? How do you do it? Because I think it's important because we don't want to listen because we're, you know, we have to be active listeners, but when you're new to recovery, you don't want to listen. Right. But it's kind of, you know, it all goes back to, I need to surrender and I need to do it somebody else's way because my way ain't working. Amen. So, that's so true. Yes. Yeah. So 
Hey, look, awesome. we have loved having you, Jeremy. Thank you for everything. Thank you for everything this week, my brother. Thank you. For Thank everything. you for uh, being a good referee, a good friend, yeah, a good brother, um, and a fun episode tonight. It was. Yeah, it, it was fun. This is a, a great thing to talk about. Hey, look, if love to have you like, subscribe, share this um, broadcast, or share this this episode <laughs> with people. Uh, you can find us anywhere that that there are podcasts these days. Email us at awa- uh, info at Awaken Sober and visit the website, www.awakensober.org. The only reason I said www is some people's phones don't go to it for some reason, unless they put it in there. Hey, look, we love you. I hope you have a good week. God bless. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Talk to Ooh. you later. Amen. See ya. <laughs>